When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As far as Sunday goes, we haven't talked about the actual game. We've got the Cardinals versus the Chiefs, their first game. I feel weirdly confident that they're going to win this game. Vegas obviously feels similarly because it started at three and a half points and it's all the way to five, five and a half points. Yep. I know that they started slow in that opener against Cleveland last year, but they win all the time in openers against them. And what is it about it? Do I think Cliff Kingsbury has some secret to stop Patrick Mahomes because he coached him in college six years ago? There's just, I I can't be overly concerned about that yet. I totally forgot about that. That's not going to have an effect. And how poetic, you guys, that we're going to start and end the season in Arizona. I love that. Oh, that's, see, I like that thought. (laughs) There's that option. I like Arizona. It's nice. It is nice, especially in February when it's, I mean, you moved to LA. So I guess I just assume you're a warm weather person. I did my time. I lived in Chicago for two years and that was, we were good after that. I was like, I can't live anywhere cold again. Like, Awful. That's it. Miserable. What, what I hibernated Missouri? for eight months. Missouri is not as cold as Chicago, but yes, it is still cold. We get four seasons. You guys know. I don't have to tell you that. I could, you're yes. describing it like you're describing it to your friend in LA. Hold on. Let me break down Missouri for you. <laughs> well, I have not been as cold like you don't live here. <laughs> I have a theory about Kansas slash Missouri. I don't think we have four seasons, Kayla. I think we have summer and winter and then we have like two weeks of spring and then two weeks of fall and it goes from being 98 and muggy to 32 and windy sometimes you get all of those in one day that's true i still i will i will die in the grave that i would rather be 110 degrees than 10 <laughs> who cares really? it's just hot yeah i don't care and you're a sweater you're a sweater hot. too cody that's not accurate <laughs> not even there are rumors <laughs> Well, that was one rumor on the show, which I quickly dispelled. We are, uh, no, that's fine. I I just think that if they're going to end up in Arizona, like, and you're right, losing this game would be a very bad thing because all that turnaround we just talked about with the Chargers, that sends people into panic pretty quick. Because if any of these teams, if the Chargers lose to the Raiders and then the Chiefs and start own two, if the Chiefs lose to the Cardinals, a team they're definitively better in, and then do that, then they got a problem. Because the Cardinals are without their number one wide receiver. Hopkins is out. J.J. Watt is questionable, so we don't know if he's going to do it. And it sure seems... And and look, the the game last year where Mahomes throws that 75-yard touchdown that eventually helps them win the game, they're not going to have that anymore with Tyreek. So they can't start as slow as they did last year. But I just don't... I don't take the Cardinals seriously as a year-in and year-out competition for them and I don't feel like Kyler's whole offseason is leading up to some big MVP season either where he's having to be told in a report that he needs to study I am I don't buy into Kyler at all sorry I did we all watch that playoff game or whatever he was so bad in that. it was I've never seen a game so bad I felt bad for him actually I couldn't believe he had played a whole season in the NFL after watching that well, I felt less bad for him after after he had that performance and then he was like, hey, I'd like some more money. I'm kicking way too much ass here. 
and nobody's paying me like the guy who deserves it because that's what happened. He got out of there and he was like, yeah, I'm going to need a ton of money. Uh, I know my contract's <laughs> in it for a couple of years, but I mean, you see, you see how much I mean to this team. I mean, he's a problem Wild. from the same perspective that running, running quarterbacks, Nick, I, I can't remember what week you and I talked about this, but running quarterbacks massacred the Chiefs last year. They ran for more yardage on average, even non-running back running quarterbacks ran for more because their linebackers were slow. I don't think that's a problem anymore, Kayla. Your guy Nick Bolton's fast. Willie Gay's fast. I they're they're better there. I don't think that running quarterbacks are just going to run rough shot on them the same way they did last year because they are faster on defense. That should be easier to do, I would think. Yeah, I would agree. And I think we'll find out immediately too because what did we hear all of last season when it was Anthony Hitchens and Ben Neiman who were getting all the snaps at linebacker and everybody just wanted to see them turn to the two young guys in Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. And they never went full in on it, right? They were paying no. Anthony Hitchens to be sort of that veteran in the middle of the defense. They have handed the keys over to these young guys and they're going to be tested right away because say what you will about Kyler, like he is one of the premier athletes yeah. at the position and he puts tremendous strain on your defense especially like getting side to side and like that's why i think like the biggest spotlight for me like because if i have concerns about the chiefs defense which i do at least early on i'm looking at those two i'm looking at nick bolton and willie gay jr in week one to say let's find out what you guys are made of and if you're really ready for this well i think and nick bolton's the leader i am i the only one left with hesitation on willie gay if he's not good this year, right, he's not going to get a second contract, then he's done. Or not. Or not. I mean, he's fast. I'm not saying that, but he hasn't stayed healthy and he's not doing it all the time. Like, at least with Nick Bolton, I, I'm pretty confident he's the goods. We played one year, and I'm like, man, he'll probably get a contract extension and be in Kansas City for a while. They'll be tested, Nick. You're right. But, I mean, at least the young corners won't be tested. Their best wide receiver is Hollywood Brown. He was McCall Hardman as of a year ago. I know he ended up with a thousand yards last year, but before that moment, he wasn't better than that. Nick, I didn't get to ask you this on the show Wednesday. Is it hard for you to cheer for Nick? Or do you just leave no. college at, at the door? Here's the thing, Kayla. Um, since Missouri <laughs> bolted the big 12 uh, in the middle oh of boy, the here we go. this high and dry, Kansas hasn't exactly had, you know, a winning tradition on the football field. I'm aware. And in that time, a lot of Kansas fans, myself included, have developed some indifference towards the program. Therefore, I feel somewhat numb when it comes to the Kansas-Missouri rivalry in football. Now, in basketball, I still harbor the hatred and resentment, but it's tough to be mad at somebody else when you're so angry with your own team. And that is life as a Kansas football fan. That's a great point. Well, I actually... I wanted to ask you Wednesday how the game went because I didn't even know KU was still playing football. I literally heard nothing about that okay. game over okay. the weekend. I can't tell if you're <laughs> patronizing me right now because Are they did sure? play a game and they won by they a won lot. by a lot. Okay, I didn't know. Kayla, I I I'm not super locked in on the Big Twelve anymore. I do. They hold a special place in my heart, but I'm not looking up the scores. You do realize like, oh, that you this is Texas. a this is a dangerous time for you to talk this amount of trash because. They're getting ready to probably lose to K-State, and I don't think Nick is <gasps> going to forget this next week. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to talk any smack today, but... I, I started. I was the instigator. Have it's fun. fine. Have fun in Manhattan. We'll see. I am nervous about this weekend. What is the... Is, is the spread like to six and a half or seven on that, I think? 
It's somewhere I haven't around. looked up it's the updated touchdown. lines, but <clears throat> oh, is it? Touchdowns. I think it's like 13. 13? Oh, no. I thought so. I thought so. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. K-State? It does. Yeah. Yeah. K-State is a heavy, heavy favorite against your Tigers. Also, you can kiss that over five and a half wins goodbye if they can't get past K-State because they're not winning four games in the SEC, I don't think. Uh, That seems Current line is uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. Okay. So a little better than a touchdown, at least the way they look at it right now. Do we? I like going in as the underdog. When we when we look at the Chiefs and what they've got, got up ahead of them on Sunday, we have seen we know that like uh, they've got a million new players to watch and there's a lot to take in for the Chiefs. I don't think there's anyone I'm more excited about than Juju because I know how important he is. And he said something on Wednesday that I think is very apt and important because he had said I, the single most important thing for him is to prove that I still have it. And I'm like, good. Because I'm not sure you do. <laughs> like, I think you probably do. I don't think it's crazy to say that he does. But I think with Juju Smith-Schuster, he hasn't been above 830 yards in years. And I attribute a lot of that to Big Ben being useless for the last couple of years there. But I think Juju Smith-Schuster taking over or being the number one wide receiver is important. And I think it's going to be a big key to teams actually believing that they can still be a threat in the passing game. Because at this point, the way your receivers are designed... The reason why I'm most interested in watching Juju is if he performs well and does the job, then teams actually have to respect it. And it's going to make that let's just play cover too deep all the time stuff go away. I would agree with you. I am very eager to see how he does Sunday. Um, Patrick Mahomes is different than Ben, ben Roethlisberger. So once again, I mentioned it Wednesday. I like that they work together this offseason. There's so many question marks with this team this year that I just I cannot wait for this game to get here because we've been talking about it for so long all summer and everything leading up to this. But yes, Juju, I can see taking over that number one receiver spot. Um, and Cody, we have money on the line. Um, wait. Oh, yeah. On the over. Not he's, money. He's just a bet. I think he's going over a thousand. So I am very much rooting for him because of this bet. And it will help the team ultimately. So thousand yards. So we're betting one thousand dollars, Nick. That's that's the bet. <laughs> thousand yards for one thousand dollars. Very generous bet by us. We haven't Date. figured out the terms yet. <laughs> I'll be an innocent bystander on that bet. I keep going back and forth with Juju because to Kayla's point, like I can't imagine a wide receiver going through a bigger quarterback upgrade from one year to the next exactly. than going from Big Ben at age, I believe, thirty nine. To Patrick Mahomes, who maybe is in the prime of his career, but you're talking about perhaps the most talented quarterback to ever play the position. So I do have questions about Juju, but ultimately, however, however, like, if I don't think he's a number one quarterback, he is going to be as good as he'll ever possibly be in the NFL playing with Patrick Mahomes. And I'm just not sure the last couple of years he had in Pittsburgh, one of which he had Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Like, let's, let's not forget that two years ago, Juju was catching passes from a guy named Duck. That's why he finished with 97 catches and like 820 yards. You're like, <laughs> we're going to need to run three yard slants. You're like, wait, but aren't they normally seven? Just three's good. We're, <laughs> we're, that's fine. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to test this any further. I think you make a strong argument that you want to watch Karloftis. We, t- we spent all that time talking yep. about the pass rush. If Karloftis is preseason Karloftis, my expectations for the defense change dramatically 
He's the only player I think that can change my expectations dramatically because Chris Jones, I know there's an upper end potential or Clark or like, I kind of know where their windows are. So like, I'm not going to pretend like if Chris Jones got 12 sacks, I think the defense is way different than if I thought he got nine and a half or 10. But if Karloftis really is one of those rare rookies that ended up with seven or eight or nine sacks, then the defense is significantly different because then they have an eight sack guy in Dunlap and Karloftis and a 10 sack guy in Jones. And what if Clark is six sacks, which is not a crazy number. That's what he had two years ago. Like you're talking about a top end pass rush unit. I think watching if Karloftis, how they use him one, but then also how effective he is matters because they've got a better road. Like they don't have a deep rotation that Karloftis shouldn't play. The guy who wouldn't play instead of Karloftis right now is Mike Dana. Someone who I thought last year might have seven sacks, Nick. And what did he end up with? Two? That was way yeah, off. Yeah, like two and a half, three and a half, something like that. Like Karloftis is somebody we have to watch, don't we? I mean, it's not just the the pass rush end of it. He's him and McDuffie and I mean, probably to a point, uh, Brian Cook or Joshua Williams. Like the rookies as a unit are... I don't know. They're going to dictate where this team goes over the next couple of years. Like if they really have to reset and then build back up or if they're just the same, but all their players are young now. Who's the pressure on the most, the actual players or Spags? Uh, players, right? I don't know. I, I officially declared Spags unfireable. I don't think that he, <laughs> I don't think he deserves it this year. They just gave him a bunch of rookies and they're like, we know that you like veteran players, but what if everyone was 22 didn't know the playbook. Yeah, but if you <laughs> by logic by that logic, how could you possibly put the pressure on the players? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, well, it so- is on Spags to dumb it down a little bit. And I think he's doing that. Like, I think that Justin Reed told us that this is the most complicated playbook he's ever been in, Nick. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he should ah. probably simplify it so the players can succeed. Yeah, so it's like there are pressure on certain players. Like there's pressure on Chris Jones. There's pressure on both the linebackers. I, I mean, with uh, Bolton and Gay. I think there's, there's pressure. pressure on McDuffie, though. I mean, he got they traded up for him. He's How a about just overall Reed? pick? What about Justin Reed, a guy you brought in basically to fill the void of Tyron Matthew? Mm-hmm. And all offseason, like if you look at some of the stuff that the Chiefs were doing on social media, the franchise, Instagram. A lot of Justin Reed features. It feels like they've been sort of leading the hype train that this guy is going to be the new leader of the Chiefs defense. With him, I can't decide if he'll be quite as good as Matthew was last year. But the more the more I hear other people talk about Matthew, and I guess this is what I need. I need people outside of Kansas City to tell me. Because everyone in Kansas City has now rewrapped their brain around the idea that Tyron Matthew was no good. He left town and he stunk and it wasn't working anymore. And I'm like, I don't, am I wrong? I, that's not how I remember it going at the end. No, which I love him. Well, yeah. And I, I think he was a good player, Kayla. I think it makes it very difficult to say that Justin Reed can fulfill that promise. Cause that was the comment he had made to us, Kayla. We had, we had Justin Reed on for an interview on our show in Kansas city. And he had said that he's had now, this would be his fourth defensive coordinator. He had three different ones in Houston wow. because that team's a wreck. And this is the most complicated by probably double defense he's ever been in. So yeah, they're going to put a lot on Justin Reed and he's going to have to learn it all now because probably the rest of those young players aren't going to do it. So Justin Reed outside. The problem is because like if I ranked the most important players for the chiefs this year, Nick, I'm going to get through Karloftis and, and you know, Chris Jones and Clark and so many defensive guys. But if you're just saying the secondary itself, Justin Reed is the, the most important. It's Emerald Legarius need. They can't have him backslide and Justin Reed needs to be good. But I don't know. I guess I don't worry about the safeties because I feel like they still have two good ones, Kayla. Thornhill and Reed can play. Mm-hmm. 
I'm with you. I agree. We shall I think, see. I mean, do you have more faith? I guess that's what I like. Do you have more faith that the corners will work or the safeties will work? Because that that's really what you're asking yourself. If Justin Reed's that important, I think they'll work, Nick. I think they'll work, Kayla. So I, I guess I don't worry as much about their job because if anybody's picking on this defense, they're not going to be picking on Justin Reed. They're going to pick on Sneed or McDuffie or Williams or Fenton. I feel like yeah, I mean, it's a long yeah, list. I think I have more faith in the safeties. I agree because McDuffie, I'm not, I'm not willing to say that I'm concerned about him, but in terms of expecting that he is going to hit the ground running and look like a legit number one cornerback, there has been no indication from Chiefs training camp that he's going to have that sort of smooth transition into the NFL, which is, it's not concerning, but it's also not what you would expect to say going into a season where you just traded up in the first round to select a guy. Kayla, this is kind of the perfect time since we're talking about the guys to pick on. You mentioned you like Chris Jones. How many sacks do you think he ends up with this year? Because that'll answer the rest of the question for oh who I care the most about. Just just ballpark. He had nine and a half last year. He had eight the year before that. And then, I, you know, it's been obviously several years since he had the 15 and a half, his career high. Is he healthy? Yeah. I mean, we saw him leave the practice field once, but that was a million. I don't know, was like three weeks ago and he's come back. I mean, at the moment, he seems healthy. Let's go with 12. Well, I mean, that seems... Let's raise the bar. Let's be better than last year. He's only had double-digit sacks once, right? But it just was 15 and a half. No, it was a significant jump. I'm just saying, but it's only the once, right? Uh-huh. But I mean, does the beginning like... of the season really count? <laughs> last year? No. Yes. It feels like he's... I mean, he should have had double-digit last year. The fact he ended up with nine and played out of position for six weeks, I don't know. And And this is like, I guess... We always pretend like guys can just do it in a vacuum because Aaron Donald could. You could put like the three of us on a defensive line with Aaron Donald and he'd get quadruple teamed and he would still hit the quarterback sometimes and we would all wonder how it happened. But in Chris Jones's case, it'd be nice, I, I imagine, when he was playing defensive end to get help. Do you know? I, you probably don't know this, Kayla. I, have, we've, I looked this stat up a couple weeks ago. Do you know? So Chris Jones led the team with nine sacks. How many sacks do you think was good for second on the team? Oh, my gosh. Um, that seems like a reasonable number. Am I guessing the, the number or the player? The either, but both, I guess. In this case, was it Bolton? It wasn't. That's not a bad guess. He had a couple sacks. It was Frank Clark. Frank. Frank. Okay. With four and a half, the saddest second place, maybe That's not great. <laughs> no. It, no. Wow. Okay. So if your second sack guy has four and a half sacks. Uh, you know, I, I'm interested to see if Chris Jones can just return because he had that hand issue all year last year. Yes, playing that hurt. wasn't like a that wasn't a one time thing. I mean, I guess I want to watch Juju and MVS and the wide receivers and see all that, but I don't know. I mean, Patrick Mahomes talking Wednesday was saying the same things we all say. Like, sorry, fantasy football owners, we're gonna throw it to everybody, and your guess on who it's gonna end up with is as good as mine. Keeping us on our toes should be fun.